actually five second pause. Will's my producer. I'm always uh, giving him little challenges. And he asks <laughs> me to uh, do a five second pause at the start to make compression easier for him. Um, Those bloody producers. I know. <laughs> I know. But he's a good producer, I have to say. And he does it cheap because he's not a professional producer. It's just oh. a little side hustle for him. Yeah. Um, on his resume. Mm, precisely. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Profeshi Anal Degenerates, and I'm joined by Donna the Kebab. Donna, thank you so much for uh, doing this for us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Always a pleasure. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it's really cool to get uh, a performer, a type of performer that a lot of people have questions about, but you don't hear questions answered about a lot, you know? Yeah. I think it's something in incredibly different that you do like i was in last saturday and last thursday and i went through and i asked a bunch of questions to the staff like what would you like to ask a drag queen on a, on a oh, podcast okay. so i actually oh, asked them oh, right, so I, I did some research oh, you know good stuff. yeah Looking yeah yeah to it. i know i do a fair bit of research for this podcast or i like to think i do um and uh that's probably just me being full of myself, though. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, the one question that popped up, I wrote it all down on a piece of paper, but I lost the piece of paper, but I read it through so many times, I remember most of them. Easy. Mm. Done deal. All right. So, um, how long does makeup take for you? Uh, so, usually I'll give myself, like, three hours from, like starting my makeup to when I need to be at the gig. Mm-hmm. So, it, and I, that's, there's room there in case I fuck up or in case there's an issue or something like that. But, um, yeah, usually like makeup alone will take like an hour and a half mm. and then like from head to toe and like two hours to three hours, two hours to three outfit and how intricate it is or mm. anything like that. Or if I can't be fucked, I just get it on immediately sort of thing. Like, you know, it all depends, but I give myself three hours. Yeah. And how long does it take for to get off all that makeup? <laughs> Ten minutes. Like, I'm so I like as soon as I get home, like my face is just like get this shit off me because it's such heavy, thick foundation and stuff yeah. like that. My skin just can't even breathe underneath it sometimes. Yeah. So like I'll like rush to the bathroom and it'll take like ten minutes just to get it off. So mm. my face will be red fucking raw, mm. but yeah, it will take like not too long at all. Mm. Yeah. I think uh, you're the type of performer like I who appreciates a live audience, which is uh, probably a little bit different for you know you to um, be doing a podcast for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I've not done many podcasts. No, no, so, no. Yeah. But you've done a podcast before. Uh, yes, one, only one other one. I think I know the name of it. Can you say the name of it? I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> okay. Was it a drag podcast hosted by? Uh, what was it? I could. I, it was years ago. I think it was uh, probably even a student project or something. Ah, uh, right. So it probably right. wasn't a legit one. I don't right. Know, okay. Student shit. Well, you know, if you if you <laughs> you know don't feel too uncomfortable because I love playing with this little soundboard and you know so you can feel like you have your usual audience. Are bold. Hey. Oh, good. I'll mm. be tapping it myself. I bet. I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Any time I say something funny, I just like to go. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we've got a studio audience. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, now, 
the some some of the other things I wanted to ask was um, there was a drag king. I asked, "What would you like to ask Donna Kebab?" Okay. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think on this Thursday night, I went to the Door Girl. Um, was this a connection? Yes, yes. Thursday night. Like, Thursday oh, night. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. yeah. And I, I asked all of them, uh, what would you like to ask Donna Kebab? What would you like to hear Donna Kebab say? Speaking of which, they all spoke very highly of you. Oh, I should did say. they? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all say cool. she's so fun. She's so nice. Oh, sweet. And I was like, well, she was very nice to be on my podcast. <laughs> so um, one thing they wanted to ask, a drag king wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. um, how how do you feel about like drag king representation? Cause it feels like, and she was saying it feels like an underrepresented, uh, mm-hmm. demographic. Yeah. And she was saying, but it, it and uh, I'm not involved in the scene, but it also feels like to me, it's an underrepresented demographic because it's a, not as desired as drag queen as the drag queen demographic, but yeah. I also see that changing through social media. Yeah. You know, I met Adam Zippel the night I met you. Yeah. I think Adam Zappel, yeah. Zadam Zappel, Zappel. Yeah. Adam, don't kill me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, the, um, I, I could see that changing through social media. I think it's, it, it's definitely another great form of performing art. Yeah. Know? I mean, it's just as valid as, you know, drag queens, 100%. But um, I think in the last few years, uh, in particular, Perth, I'm super proud of, uh, the amount of drag kings that have just appeared mm. recently, like in the last few years, which is amazing. Cause like, I remember when I first started, there was probably only two or three, if we were lucky sort of thing. But now like drag kings are, I mean, at, uh, there's an event at Lucy's uh, called Cherry Bomb and they're mm-hmm. doing like a drag king competition now. And five years ago, that would have been completely unheard of. We just yeah. wouldn't have had the amount of kings to be able to put on an event, to be able to do stuff like that. So in the last few years, it's been amazing the amount of drag kings that have come into it. And um, in terms of representation, I mean, it's difficult because you've got stuff like RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm -hmm. And personally, I think that competition, that reality TV show needs a complete uh, like revamp and a reshift of its framework to be able to make it inclusive for all types of drag because we've only ever really seen drag queens on there and the challenges and stuff are only really catered for queens and yeah. stuff. And I think in terms of like global representation, because mm-hmm. that's where it kind of, that's like the most strongest um, weapon we'd have in terms of making drag kings more accessible everywhere mm. I think that show in particular could do with a complete you know debunking of its framework so it's inclusive of all types of drag you know right. and that would be a great starting point but we all know RuPaul's opinion on drag kings so well, I don't because <laughs> oh, I've only seen his snippets does he not have a very high opinion well RuPaul just thinks they're not as entertaining <laughs> Well, but I think that depends on the individual performer, you know, like, <laughs> I think politically correct comedy is not very entertaining. Like okay. uh, PC uh, comedy is not very entertaining. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I truly think that uh, when comedians get offended at comedy, mm-hmm. um, they like, it's like, what are you doing getting offended at comedy? You're a comedian. Yeah. But you'd be surprised at what comedians get offended, how many co- comedians can get offended at comedy. I don't think they're the majority. But um, it's so strange that, you know, you've got such a, 
you you've got such a like fair enough if you don't think them entertaining because everyone has their own tastes right totally yeah. but um to to not give a a platform to to someone you know like um I there's a comedian in Perth. Mm. I won't say their gender or their name. Right. That I don't particularly like. Okay. Um, and it's not that I don't think they're funny. Yeah. It's that uh, they're funny enough. It's I, I don't think they're very nice to other comics. All right. But I, I mean that's an important thing, you know. If you're a total fuckstick, then it's not going to work well. You're not going to do very well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So regardless of who they are or their gender or anything. If they're an asshole, they're an asshole. Precisely. You know? um, anyway, I'm listening. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I've come to the kind of conclusion because I'm planning my own show in the 18th, uh, on the 18th of September. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, 18th of September. Yeah, uh, get that plug. Orient Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Fremantle, um, near the Roundhouse. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, right yeah. next to Notre Dame University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that... If she asked to like be on the show, I'd totally put her on. Yeah. Like uh, because it seems like it seems like a really petty thing not to give someone a platform to do their art, especially when their art is the same as yours. Yeah, um, totally. Just for any like personal beef. We all deserve the same opportunity. Exactly. Where, you know, we've got the same attitude, the same mindset. Exactly, because uh, I, I think it's extremely petty to get caught up in such what, what are really trivial quarrels. Don't you think? Pardon? They're, they're like, it's a trivial quarrel to have like personal animosity towards other performers. Yeah. You don't, you don't see them all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not like you share a bed with them. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. like, you know, well, I mean. There's plenty of people I've shared a bed with who I don't like. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You and me both. Um, but uh, yeah, that seems like the, the be all and end all of it there where it's like, I'll give you a platform, but. I just will never buy you a drink. And it's like, and, and also if you're rude to any of the comics at, at my show, it's like, you'd never be on that show again. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back to the drag though. Like yes, I, I have so many questions I want to ask you. One question in particular is, um, so what is the origin of the name Donna Kebab? Cause it's, a, it's an interesting name for a drag queen. Um, most drag queens have interesting names, but yeah, Donna yeah. Kebab is. Donna Kebab. Um, it's funny cause, uh, it, it, I was 18 and I was getting so much like peer pressure being like, oh, you need to do drag, you need to do drag, this, that and the other, blah, blah, blah. And I remember I was outside Connections eating a Donna kebab. Right. And, you know, I was getting the questions like, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? And I was eating my kebab and I was like, well, my name's Donna Kebab, like, you know. Right. That's like, that's going to be my name. Right. And then, since then it just stuck sort of thing. So, I like it. Yeah, no, and everyone remembers the name. Everyone, like, no matter what, they always remember Donna Kebab. Mm. It's just a nice, you know, rolls off the tongue nicely, and mm. everyone knows what a fucking kebab is. Like, yes. It's everyone's favourite guilty pleasure at three in the morning. It's quite easy to remember. Like, I, I see the promos for um, some of the other shows, and you, and, and you get some pretty outlandish names. Oh, and there's it's some like, crazy names, yeah. yeah. There's also where like, it's like... Uh, and there are a lot of good names, but there are a lot of names that I feel like are hard to remember. Yeah. Um, just because they're so extravagant, where it's like Donna Kebab, it's like... It's very... It's an honest name. Yeah. Very, and it's so, like... Uh, I like how it kind of acknowledges, like, nightlife culture as well, because we, you all get your kebab at the end of the night and you all fuck off sort of thing. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's just... 
yeah, I'm, I take a lot of pride in, in the name. And when I first started, people would be like, the other queens would be like, oh, you need to change your name. It's so ugly. It's so this. It, it's not you. It's blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, no, no. I know me better than anyone else. Like, I know what I want to do. I know the name works. I know it's a funny name. And yeah. everyone remembers it. And even to this day, like, some of those queens who have said that, have ended up changing their own names because people don't remember them. <laughs> so it was just like a full circle. Ha, oh, fuck you. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. It, another one thing as well I, I have to comment on is the shape that uh, a lot of drag queens keep themselves in. Oh, yeah. Like, you got to be fit. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them seem to be like... Um, uh, Ruby, I think I know. Ruby Jules. Ruby Jules. Yeah, like, she's tiny, she's tiny little lady. Tiny lady. I love her. She was really nice to me. She uh, she politely uh, said to me when I came in Thursday, uh, she was like, you know, she complimented me on my mustache, which made, which made me feel good. Oh, she would have been flirting. Oh, yeah. She would have, she, she, <laughs> she, you know, I think uh, I think when she said, it'd be like, that's a face I would sit on. I oh, think that, that was. That sounds like Ruby Jules. Mm, yeah. And then she was there again um, Saturday night. And uh, she was says, oh, that's the face I wanted to sit on. And I'm like, oh, you remembered. Oh, thank you. Um, but I was. I was pretty hard going by that point. So yeah. it was a it was a large nine. Um, I talked a woman into buying me a pretzel. Oh, um, okay, yeah, over at the pretzel stand. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I exchanged it for a poem. So I wrote this woman a poem, and she bought me a pretzel. Oh, that, lovely! What was the poem? I don't know. It's gone. It's oh. on a piece of paper. I write, I take my joke book with me nearly <laughs> wherever I go. Right. Okay. Because uh, I don't like to lose it. Well, you never know when you're going to get a stroke of genius. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly, and uh, I, yeah, I, I can. I, it was so such a funny interaction. It's funny the interactions you have on a night out in Northbridge, yeah, in that, and, or any night out or any city. Yeah. you know, it's like, and and it, it's also funny when you find someone friendly, yeah, and what you might be able to talk them into doing. Oh. And I've never talked into anyone doing anything bad, but talking someone into buying me food, yeah. that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think drag has that power as well. Like, I'll be at the club. I mean, even when I met you, I was so fucking wasted that it was like a Friday night I met you or something. Yes. And, um, yeah, like, just like, I, you get away with murder. Like, people will come up to you and they're drunk and they're this and then that. And um, they say to you, like, you know, you're so beautiful, you're this, you're that. And you can just make them do whatever you like them to do. Like, mm. I, I, I can just stand at the bar. I can just look at someone and I'll have a drink and a shot in my hand. They'll just buy me one. Like, it, drag has such a power over people, especially drunk people. Mm. And um, Why do you think I was wearing that onesie? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Were- people come up, people see you in a onesie and they're like, Right. Who is this psychedelic wizard? You right. know, let's and go. You were giving me wizard. You had like the mustache going and everything. Like, Thank the you. Cloak with the hood. Thank you. Thank you. Tie dye wizard. Yeah. 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 And uh, you know, people come up to me for wisdom. I think some, that night I met you it was quite strange. It's funny when you when you draw attention though. Yeah. Like. I imagine you get the same thing yourself. Like I, I love to interact with people. Like mm. I'm, a, I am a people's person. Yeah. But I still do have like limited time, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's like I remember this one woman came up and she, she told me all about her relationship problems. And oh, it's like that's the fucking worst. Oh, I know. I, hate that. I, I know. Hate that. And I was just thinking to myself, like, uh, like. 
you're, you're, you're lovely. I didn't say this. I, I spoke to her. I offered her what advice I could, but I was just thinking like, please go away. Yeah, like, like this conversation shit. has no interest to yeah. me. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People do dump a lot of their shit on drag queens, like a lot. Yeah. It's just, I always just fuck off now. Like I remember back in the day when I felt like I had to listen to these sort of things in order to make sure that people liked me, I would just be like, it would just be torture every mm. night because people would just come and dump their shit on you. But now I just don't, I just fucking walk away. I'm like, oh, come on, babe, Saturday night, have a drink, doll, forget about it. Like, yeah. fuck off, leave me alone. Yeah. Which is all, you know. Which I suppose is all you can <laughs> say. Yeah. But, uh, it's, uh, it's real in a sense, you know. Yeah. We're all out having a good time. Why are you being a wet blanket? Oh, I, I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's just... I know. I'm, I feel like I, I want to. I don't want to be rude to anyone, but I, I, I should. I should get more comfortable with telling people to fuck off. Yeah. I feel very t- comfortable telling people to fuck off while I'm on stage. Right. Okay. You know, I'm um, very comfortable telling people to fuck off. Mm, but that's my upbringing. I'm yeah. From Rockingham. So. Well, like- <laughs> I suppose. I suppose the uh, the difference between drag is you're, you you can drag queens and drag kings and you know burlesque performers they have to be so friendly and so open and so charming while on stage yeah that when they come off stage it's almost it's almost probably kind of an extension of the act to say oh I've done a big show fuck off buy me a drink you know that's it's <laughs> it, it seems like that whereas I come off stage and I have said obscene things right um i think i told you one of my jokes uh, the other uh, friday night yeah, i yeah, wouldn't yeah. remember it <laughs> that's okay that's okay that's uh, not because it wasn't funny it was probably well look i, I was absolutely content i told adam zapple the joke yeah. and uh adam was adam laughed yeah he found it funny uh but Look, he was traumatized about it too. Oh, okay. You know, oh. so uh, you, you know, it was an Olivia Newton-John joke. Right? Oh, yeah. brilliant! Yeah, How yeah. topical. I know. Right. I know. Do you want to repeat it for me? Oh, I I can. It's such a silly joke. You don't have to. No, <laughs> I'm happy to. Like I always stand by my jokes, especially when they get a laugh. All right. Um, Hit me. Sad. Olivia Newton-John died of cancer, eh? Cancer cells, they're multiplying. Oh my god! And she needs some chemo. Oh and, shit! Uh, I did that on stage about two days after she died, and it went down a treat. Yeah, honestly. I mean it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm sure she would have laughed. <laughs> you know, I, I like to think so. Nothing against Olivia Newton-John. I think the only, I think most celebrities are pieces of shit. But, um, I, I always say I never feel sorry for rich people. No, like, no. People are like, oh, no. Like, they complain so about their problems it's and so it's sad. like, yeah. Like, it's not sad. What's sad is people dying in a fucking hospital bed that they can barely fucking afford. Or yeah. That's fucking sad. Yeah, exactly. That dying alone, that's sad. Or the amount of homeless people yeah. in Northbridge yeah, at the same time sad. while like we're all having a yeah, night out. It's not sad that Olivia Newton-John had the best care in the entire world yeah and died peacefully and died of cancer in her 70s too so it's not like she you know had a sad tragic death yeah but um i do obviously like not good no it's not i I don't go oh that's i'm not shedding tears over it you know it's like it's not worth crying what's sad is 
like the elderly dying in the UK because they can't afford to put their radiators on during winter, so they freeze to death. That's exactly. Sad. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> or you know, families, you know, having to go a couple of days without food because That's sad. yeah, the the wage won't go up. That's and sad. Yeah. Meanwhile, while yeah. the cost of living just keeps rising, keeps ro- keeps going up, and yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I yeah. always stand by that. If something bad happens to a rich person, I'm like, eh. There's worse things. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I truly think, I mean, there's many pieces of shit out there, but I think the only piece of shit that we have declared for openly that we think is a piece of shit is Meryl Streep. Um, oh, yeah. Well, she did that speech where she's like, I'd like to thank Harvey Weinstein and Harvey Weinstein yeah. and Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. She's like fucked up with her award. There's that speech. There's that. She's, she's, she was a vocal member of the Me Too, movement, Me Too movement while also supporting Roman Polanski's mm. return to the US. Yeah. Roman Polanski was that guy who drugged and sodomized a 14-year-old yeah. girl. And, she, yeah. and he, the same year he won his Oscar for a movie, The Pianist, uh, she was like, uh, I, I want him to be able to come back. He's an artist, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then like 20 years later, she's a member of the, she's a spoken, outspoken member of the Me Too movement. Yeah. A movement which I agree with, by oh, the way. 100%. But I don't like the hypocrisy of that. It's like. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Meryl Streep, all eyes on you. Yeah. Right and, but then is that same, I think it was the same year. She, um, there was a director who was receiving an Oscar, mm-hmm. an honorary Oscar for his life's work in Hollywood. Right, like he'd been okay. involved with Hollywood for like 50 years yeah, or something yeah, yeah. as a director and a producer and a screenwriter. And I forget his name, but basically when he went up to receive his Oscar, there was not a lot of applause. People, A lot of people had signed petitions for him not to receive his Oscar, Meryl oh, Streep okay. being one of them. Yeah. And the reason being was because at the height of the Cold War in the 60s, mm-hmm. he uh, basically... Um, ratted on suspected communists and it's like you know no one likes a snitch but it's like it was the height of the cold war everyone was ratting on suspected communists yeah, and yeah, uh, and it seems like <laughs> and well it's just like Meryl Streep what are what are your priorities you yeah. don't like someone snitching on communists yeah but you'll, you you <laughs> like to get you like to let a, a a sex offender off the hook. Yeah, this sounds like a sixty minutes special. I know, <laughs> I know. I like right. to. Yeah, yeah. One on one with Meryl Streep. What's your fucking deal, bitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you such a cunt? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey, she's a great actress. So. <sighs> I think she's overrated there too. You reckon? I do. Oh, okay. I think you know, like, think of every great role she's done. Yeah. She plays just a stern old white woman. Well, she, yeah. Yeah, she is a stern old white woman. Yeah, so it's not like it's very hard acting for her anyway. You've got a point. Mm. <laughs> You've got a point. Yeah. It's like John Travolta, uh, a closeted gay man. <laughs> now that's acting. Yeah, he's been playing the macho, you know, uh, Italian strongman yeah, for yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he's an actor, Yeah. you know, and uh, I think he's... I think he deserves more Oscars than Meryl Streep. Just my opinion. Um, well, Tom Hardy even said recently, he's like, I'm an actor, of course I've had gay sex. And it's like, I love that. Yeah. John Travolta is not a lone wolf in that. You know? Oh, definitely I, I not. Think a lot of them are quite, Definitely not. You know, how's your father? Yeah, yeah. How's your father? <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. Look, you know, if, if a producer came to me and said, listen, suck my dick. And I'll make, and I'll put you in a big movie, and I'll give you fifty million dollars. You don't think I wouldn't do it? Fifty million dollars in a movie. Look, 
I'd do it for a hell of a lot less. I, I'd do it, but I, I shouldn't have to do it. No, you should but not. I would do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm not even a gay man, and it's like fifty million dollars in a movie. Yeah, you'd suck with a dick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who wouldn't? Yeah, I mean, I would as well. Yeah, if he gave me a Netflix series instead of a movie, I'd. I'd Probably take it up the ass. A, a, TV, a TV series seems like much more exciting than a, than a movie to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll um, keep my eyes peeled for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No dramas. Yeah. I, I'm sure you know some people in the filmmaking industry. Uh, um, yeah, but they, I don't think they have 50 million. But I mean, you said you do it for much less. I do it for so, much less. All right. Mm. $20 on a high five. Oh, $50 on a burrito. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We're in the ballpark. Yeah, we'll chat later. Nice, uh, <laughs> but uh, back to your um, back to dragging, and yes. uh, I hope I can ask this. Um, course, it's it's a, it's an unfiltered pod- podcast. I, if I you don't it, any question, <laughs> you do not want to ask. Uh, feel free not to um, feel free not to answer. Yeah, but how right. does um, how does your family feel about you doing drag? Are they supportive, or do you have mixed reactions from the family? They, uh, they love it. Yeah? They love it. That's so awesome. mum and dad try to come to as many of my shows as they can. But awesome. When, um, when I first started doing drag, they kind of were a bit apprehensive, like any parent. I suppose, that, be, which is natural. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. my son is now... Dressing as a woman. Cross-dressing mm-hmm. and going out late, partying and all that, and not earning a lot of money doing it when I first started and all that because mm. I was still just a snotty-nosed drag queen that would go out and take drugs and be silly sort of thing because mm. that's what we did back then. Yes. Um, but, yeah, my parents were a bit apprehensive and my mum would always be like, like, you're a you're a prostitute, aren't you? Like, mm. you're having sex for money and you're dressing up like this for sex. And I'm like, no, mum, like, you're the one who showed me Priscilla, Queen of the Desert when I was 13. So, like, <laughs> do the math. Yeah, yeah. Do the math. So, um, yeah, no, no, no. But, like, as I've progressed and I've as I've kind of made a full-time living and a career out of Donna Kebab, they've come around to it and they, they totally get it now and they, they totally see yeah. it and... They love it. Even my brother loves it. And like I remember, um, I was out at Connie's, and my brother texted me, being like, "Oh, like I'm downstairs. Come see me, sort of thing." And mm. like he wanted to show all his friends me dressed up mm. and all that. So we're out on the street hanging out. How did he, how did he how did he introduce that like? Did he say this is my brother? This is this is my my drag sister. What? what no, how no, does this he introduce? Is my this, this is my your brother. brother. I wouldn't want him to call me anything else. Right. He's okay. My, he's my brother. Yeah. Of know? course. Yeah. Of so, course. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I could be the most gorgeous looking woman on the world, but he can still call me his brother. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Of course he can. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, no, my, my family and like my parents, they are so so into it. They like, they love it. My mm-hmm. dad even bought me my like first set of tits. which I think is fabulous I begged him I was like dad buy me these tits and he's like oh for fuck's sake okay good on you dad yeah good on your dad what are dads for what are dads for it's a very big question fixing cars and buying tits I I feel like (laughs) the kind of dad who buys tits is not usually the dad that fixes cars well, Although there's an exception to every rule. Yeah, my dad's an all-rounder. He's nice, nice. <laughs> Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm, well, you know. He's got the money, so good on it. <laughs> mm. But uh, the an- another thing I wanted to ask was, like, I spoke to some of the 
uh, drag queens on last Thursday for research for this yes. episode. Yeah. And they were saying like, because so, you've got to like tuck everything yeah. down there. Yeah. Apparently, like you sometimes pee blood you sometimes oh. jizz blood oh. have you ever heard of these things happening apparently some of them some of the more well-blessed ones right. tuck it straight up into their asshole yeah. some of them tape it down and it's yeah. like this this doesn't seem like uh, for example i've not heard of that no i've not heard of like tucking has made you piss blood or you know <sighs> blood or anything i've not heard of- who was oh. telling you that um, talking like that that's crazy I believe it was the the, the drag queen who uh, is heavily into country music oh Delphira yes that, De- Del that's Fyra. the one that's De- a shout out okay. Delphira oh well, she's yeah. a vampire so of course she's talking about aha uh-huh. we we had an agreement on something about this aha okay. uh-huh. she agreed with me on this and I'll ask you the same question yeah, fun yeah, question yeah, yeah, yeah. greatest fictional couple of all time and there is a right answer ah uh, Fictional couple of all time. There's a oh, she. I mean, Delvira would have said Morticia and Gomez, right? Wasn't her first guess, but when I said it, she totally agreed. I think she went with something like, uh, I don't know, some rom-com drama bullshit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But then when I said Morticia and Gomez Adams, yeah. she was like, oh no, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah, um, because she pretty much. Like, we're, we were both under the same conclusion there. Yeah. That uh, it was essentially... They had been married for 20 years, mm-hmm. had three kids, yeah. and were still hot and kinky for one another. We can only oh, I hope, like that. We can only hope for such a romance in our lives. True. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, when you put it that way, I just said that because I know Delvira absolutely adores the Adams family. Yeah. So I only said that because of that. But when you put it that way. Yeah. But yeah. like, you see young love and it's like, you've been in love for five minutes. Yeah. It's like, they were like married with, with kids. With kids. And all that shit. And like. Taxes to pay, mortgages to pay. Everything. And, you know. And they're still getting freaky for it. Exactly. Oh, that's that's all you can hope for. I know. Yeah. yeah don't, One day. Don't torture yourself, Gomez. <laughs> that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Such a... There, there would be so many innuendos and things like that, mm. like, between the two of those characters. For sure. I, I'll have to rewatch the movies. Oh, they are great movies purely for the parents, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Angelica Houston. What a fucking icon. Babe. Yeah. Babe. I think uh, I think Angelica Houston and Liza Minnelli in Cabaret. Yeah, seen that movie. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. I of think course. that dance number where she does. Uh, um, uh, what is the song? Life is a cabaret. No, 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 no. Uh, she did. Um, Mariba uh-huh. was a fine affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. That one. What is that one? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that did something of a sexual awakening to me. I think that dictated what kind of woman I like for the rest of my life. Um, My sexual awakening was 100% Brendan Fraser in George of the Jungle 
when he was like oiled, oiled down yeah. like in like the apartment and he yeah, had like yeah, the yeah. pillow covering his junk and she's like trying to cover him. Yeah. I was like six years old, six, seven years old. I had no idea what the <laughs> fuck I was thinking. Yeah, what were they doing thinking making that a child's yeah, film? You, like, know? You, you know the scene, right? Like, yeah, he's, yeah. Just, he's just way too fucking fuckable for a kid's <laughs> show. Like it's like, like what is this? But I remember watching that as a kid going was, like, I like that. I don't know why, but that's fucking, I like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Mm. I mean, there's so much shit that I feel like triggered uh, sexual awakenings in kids' TV, movies, and shows. Yeah. 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 Like, what was the... It's um... like it's almost designed for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, do you remember Sinbad? Sinbad? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, never mind. Um, what's another one? What's another one where there's like a really hot villain woman? Ooh. Um, Hot villain woman. Yeah. And I have a friend whose sexual awakening was uh, Jafar in oh Aladdin. But when he turns into a genie, and you know how he's like the big ripped yeah, genie, yeah, like yeah, the big yeah, red genie yeah, with yeah. the pony, my yeah. friend would be like, yeah, I'd fuck Jafar. And I'm like, you fucking... <laughs> dirty whore. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, I, I found adult Simba attractive. Oh, bestiality. From the, I know. Oh. Terrible. But like when he like shakes his mane and mm. like wiggles his ass, yeah. like singing Hakuna Matata. I don't know what it was. It was sexy. <laughs> Something was going on. It was sexy. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I do not judge what anyone gets into. Yeah. I've, I've been into some things myself. You'll watch The Lion King now and you'll be like, oh yeah, damn. All right. Uh... <laughs> I think when the, the the moment when Nala looks at Simba, oh, gives him the fuck eye. Yeah, yes, oh, when she dang. like on her back and she's yeah. like, "Yeah, you're gonna fuck me." Yeah, yep. the yep. fuck look. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nala. Um, what was the <laughs> what was the one where it was the it was the redhead uh, spy high school girl? This was a teenage, Kim Possible. Kim Possible. Do, do, the do, do, arch do. rival, like the girl oh, with, the with the black hair, yeah, and black she had like the green. Uh-huh, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, what yeah. was her name? I know the one. Yeah. Yeah. That one was another one. Yeah. yeah. They were both hot. Yeah. 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 Damn it. Amazing. Um, oh, you know who... I haven't met Lotta Lamore. I've spoken with her extensively over Loved Instagram. Her. She She's so nice too because like she put on a story. I've got 10 people to get through the door. And I messaged her like just kind of like she probably won't you know, prioritize me, but I just said, Hey, listen, you know, obviously prioritize any yeah, friends yeah, you want to bring. Try your like, I, I will, it's like, if there is a spot, I'd love to be there. I'd love to see a show. Mm. I'd love to get the chance to talk to you and, you know, talk to you about doing the podcast. And then I saw a Tootsie Roll and I, yeah, I followed him guy. on the socials and then I saw all the dancing he does. And oh, like, he is insane. Yeah. And I was like, man, I messaged him, uh, last night actually. And was like, I saw your show. Yeah. I've seen you dancing. Um, I'd love to uh, have a. I'd love you to do a podcast with me. Ah, okay. And uh, yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, I, he's he amazing. He hasn't gone back to me yet, but uh, yeah, Lotta Lamore was really, really nice to get put me through the door. Right. And uh, I hope to meet her soon because she seems so nice and so charming. Yeah, she's a sweetheart, and she also looks a lot like Eliza Minnelli. Yes, mm. yeah, and she used to dance on the Moulin Rouge. Really? Like in France, yeah. Wow. She was. She would do the can can. She's like, been around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I can't, couldn't believe it. She did that whole roll call three on Saturday night. Yeah. Jet lagged shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. poor girl. I yeah, know, poor thing. But hey, performer line. Performer. She's right? a pro. Yeah, I know. Look, I went on stage. 
so sick. I'd barely, I'd like, I was losing my voice. Uh. Um, but I took a, and I, I went on with such a severe headache. Like I thought I was going to faint one time and I just took a load of painkillers and I was like, only, oh, I was just thinking to myself, only losing my voice will stop me from getting on stage. Oh, you know, stuff. cause it's like, once you're on stage, it's just too much fun. Yeah. I'm sure you, oh, you can relate. You can't, the, the adrenaline just takes over and like, oh, no. you can't even feel anything. Yeah. I've literally been like bleeding out. And I still did my shows and stuff like that. Bleeding out from where? From the ankle, like all oh. the way up. I needed like seven stitches. Dude, but it happened like just before mm. I, because I was like painting my face at the venue. I was like, oh sweet, I'll go down and get myself a drink. And then I walked down the stairs, fell down the stairs and like slipped my ankle open. Mm. Didn't have time to go to the hospital or anything, but I was pissing blood. So I just taped it up and then I did the show. And then um, I had to, like, carry all, like, the sets and stuff to, like, the fringe after party. And then, because I was, like, DJing the after party for, like, hours and all that sort of stuff. So then still bleeding out. Took it all over there. And then it got to about five in the morning and I was still bleeding. And I was like, I need to go to the hospital. It's, like, full drag. I, like, went to the hospital after, like, performing all night. (laughs) But I did not even feel it at all because I was just so in, in the zone so focused and like no I need to like do my show blah blah no time for this shit like just strap it up yeah <laughs> it was good fun yeah I was in like a Baywatch like leotard and like a blonde wig in the fucking emergency like I'm bleeding oh. like, a shark got me oh Jesus <laughs> did you get some kind of like any hot doctors come up no it was funny because the nurse that like saw me is a drag queen no shit yeah so she used to do drag years and years and years and years ago she's like a drag grandmother sort of thing and i like ran into emergency and i knew she would have been working so i was like her name's champagne so i was like champagne like where are you like i need you and she she, like came around the corner and she's like oh darling i knew it would only be a matter of time (laughs) so i was like oh champagne you are exactly what i need like good stuff um, another great question I saw, uh, I, I had now, I believe you've, uh, done drag in other cities before. Yes. Yes, I have. Yes. Now, how does it compare doing it to other cities as opposed to your own hometown? Um, well, Brisbane, I did a show in Brisbane and I had the best time. Like I love meeting new Queens and I love meeting people like people from other states and stuff because although it's drag and it's still under the same culture umbrella there's different like ways of drag sort of thing in like different states and stuff like like for example in brisbane i was obsessed because like we all finished our show and we all like did that and then they all like took off their high heels and put on their slides and went to the club nice whereas you wouldn't be caught dead doing that in Perth mm. as a drag queen. Like you keep your heels on because you're a fucking drag queen. But all the like Brisbane girls were just like, fuck it, slides on, like smoking darts in the smokers. And I loved it. It was so amazing. Like just little things like that yeah. blew my mind. Just, yeah. But in terms of like hometown, like I've got my, my regular resident events like drag factory at the court and stuff like that so you've got like your regular faces and stuff like that mm-hmm. so you're never really meeting anyone new yeah. i guess um and as well when you're performing in different states um you can bring like your quintessential performances like the ones that 
you're known for. Yeah. Whereas if I keep doing those ones in my hometown, they'll be like, oh, she's doing that routine again. Let's go to the drink. Let's go to the bar and get a drink sort of thing. Mm. Whereas in Brisbane, you can show off like your quintessential routines and like, because yeah. they haven't seen them before and stuff. Well, I mean, some people really like, I remember the, the Friday night I met you, um, <laughs> rocked up. I got kicked out of the court for um, doing some naughty substances. Okay, good fun. Um, uh, no better place to do that than the court. Well, I was thinking <laughs> clearly not because I got it. I got kicked out. Ah, true. Um, but uh, you know, I I wasn't misbehaving. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, I'm such a harmless piece. Of shit. I wasn't misbehaving. I yes. was just taking drugs. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't causing trouble. Yeah. I wasn't selling them to anyone. Yeah. I, I, being... I was giving them to a friend and myself. I was, in, <laughs> I was in a toilet cubicle with another comedian. Yeah. We were doing some drugs. Yeah. And we... Just having a merry drugs. time. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Um, which, yeah, just... Uh, which I, I have to ask you about drugs and nightlife later, but I, I would love to ask... Um, the night I went in there on Friday, yeah, um, there was a woman on stage who I didn't get the chance to find out who that woman was, but that woman had her tits out, and like, I was just thinking, like, it makes sense to do that in Betty Grumble. Betty Grumble. It was Betty Grumble. Right. She is amazing. Shout out Betty Grumble. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Body. Love mm-hmm. you. Um, the other thing too is um, we, yes, we fucking, sorry, I have severe ADHD. No, you're and good. I still I... feel like I'm coming down a little bit from Saturday. Ah, um, well, you're talking about how you were seeing the stage and Betty Grumble had her tits out. That's yeah, and I, I was just thinking, like, you compare that and it's like, what would be wrong with, like, a drag queen not like tucking and that thing like sliding out because it, w- it would it be like would it ruin the illusion or what w- what's what's the the go with that or is, is there a code of conduct behind that or just an attitude towards it or? um well i mean there i guess in perth yeah there is an attitude towards it like tucky junk sort of thing right. you know but um i guess that's more sort of in the uh like commercial sense of drag and stuff right. like that whereas you know there's like underground queens and stuff like that who you know they don't shave their legs or they don't wear tights or they don't tuck or you know their drag is they wear a g-string and a harness and a messy wig and fucked makeup and that's their drag and that's what they do sort of thing and the you know no tuck is part of the look and I love that shit. I, I mean, I, I uh, performed at a, like a, a festival down south in Harvey and I, it was like a really alternative festival. And um, yeah, I didn't tuck for that. I even got my dick out during my show and like whipped it around and stuff like that. And because everyone was on shrooms, having a good time, covered in mud and it was raining. So I thought, you know, let's get down and dirty with it. You know, it, all, it depends on the setting and the environment and, you know, if the venue has the license for nudity and mm. things like that like yeah it all depends like at the end of the day drag is queer expression and if your queer expression involves you you know getting your junk out then mm. that's valid express yourself because it's a safe space to do that drag you know you know what was funny that saturday like this last saturday after my show i bumped into someone i went to high school with yeah in there 
uh, Joel Creasy. Ah, oh, Joel. You I'm, know Joel? Yeah, he gives me shout-outs on the radio sometimes. I know Joel. On the radio? What radio is he? He is a presenter on one of the stations. What station is that? I fucking don't know. It's Nova, I think. I don't know. One of them. All right. Well, shout-out, Joel. Yeah, um, good on you, Joel. It was incredible uh, saying hello to him. I went up and, you know, saying, how you going? And he didn't recognize me. I didn't have a beard in high school. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, and we also... I was a fairly well-known character in high school, but not in his circle. Right, So we had okay. different circles. Yep. But I'm someone who notices strange people, because I'm a bit of a strange weirdo myself. You're an observer, or a, yeah, people, a people watcher. I love observing people. And right. Watching. Sometimes it's nice to just have a coffee, and you're observing people, and you see you know, a, a, a husband and wife with their three kids come along, and... Uh, you know, you just look at them and just go, he's a closeted gay man <laughs> and she's cheating on him with three other dudes. Right. You know? It's like, it's fun to make those assumptions in a David Attenborough voice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? Here we have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or even like on a night out where you're waiting at the kebab store and it's like, you know, the Eshes are ordering their kebabs. <laughs> the Eshes. Yes. If they don't order them soon. A fight could break out. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. And what is this? Like, I remember the best time, What probably one of the most full, like, rewarding times. I love, I have, like, zilch interest in dating anymore. Or, like, okay. And I have, like, next to no interest in hooking up. Yeah. Oh, like, shit. I'm okay. Kind of, Getting zen with yourself. Well, like, being horny has done nothing but get me into trouble. Right, um, okay. You know, as I'm fond of saying, when people say, oh, how big is your dick? Well, it's clearly big enough to get me into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um, the, and I remember doing, one night I was out with my partner at the time and my friend and I ordered a pizza yeah. for us at yeah. one of the, I think the place just down the road from Connections it was. Yeah, yeah, and Prestige kebabs or exactly, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and this girl, I don't know what she was thinking. I don't, I don't know... Who she thought she was talking to. Right. But she thought it would be fun to come up to me and ask me if I could have a slice of her pizza. And I just looked at her and said, no. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, you've got no luck at getting a free slice of pizza from me. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. And she was gorgeous, but I felt like she was one of those people whose uh, looks had gotten her too far and she hadn't developed much personality. She just had to like bat her eyelids, exactly. her eyelashes. Just come up to me and uh, ask for food. And look, in fairness, I told you that pretzel story. Yes. But I wrote that woman a poem. And, you, know, <laughs> you put the work in. Exactly. <laughs> that same night I wrote, did that poem bit. Someone, I, can, I, like the late, they don't do the late night train anymore which is really disappointing. Like, right. I used to do trains until like 4am back in the day. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. They'd have the 2am train and then at the 4am train. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now they don't like, they close at one o'clock and then they're... they're, they're on they're a Saturday. On a Saturday. What the fuck? I know, bullshit. Oh. Fuck you. Ruining my podcast. Ruining the podcast. I know, motherfuckers. Um, we'll wait for it. There, there we, we go. go. There we uh, go. Um, the... But, like, I remember wandering around and being like, I'm not paying for an Uber to get home. I'm just going to wander around. And I met some people. See where you land. And some things happened. And, you know, I told some jokes to people because I always love to tell jokes. The more I tell a joke, the easier it is to remember on stage. And the easier it is to remember, the more I can adapt it. Yeah. I can add things, subtract things. Yeah. You, like, take those opportunities to workshop the joke and stuff. I'm 100% the same. Yeah. So, um, the... 
But after the show, I was like, I'm not waiting for that. I'm going to find someone to pay for an Uber for me mm-hmm. or I'm waiting for that train. Yeah. Whatever one comes first. <laughs> and I'm not... The thing is, I'm not going to ask for an Uber either. No. Nah. I did get someone to pay for an Uber all the way to Cobra. Oh. Fuck that motherfucker. Of course. Hmm. Shall we pause for five and yeah, have a drink pause. of water? Yeah, let's do it. I'll get you a glass. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to the stage, Don Kebab. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You've been a brilliant audience so far. <laughs> um, no, thank you so much for doing the podcast again. It's always, it's all this. I knew this podcast would be interesting for me personally because I've had so many comedians on. And then I've had uh, a couple of rappers on and a tattoo artist on. Cool. Okay. Yeah. But one, I don't have any tattoos myself, but I know quite a lot of people with tattoos. Yeah. You see tattoos wherever you go these days. Yeah, definitely. It's hard Everywhere. to avoid. So it's like, it's part of the culture um, that's quite open and rapping is so popular and things like that. And then I'm a comic myself and it's like, I'm, you know, I've been wanting to try comedy for years, only got into it earlier this year, but it's going stupendously well so far for me. I feel like it's going really, really well. Yeah. Um, the show on Saturday night was, went so well. I it was the funniest five competition and I think I... I came, apparently, I didn't see the final tally, but I have no reason to believe why Sarah, the organizer, would lie to me. She uh, she said I came fourth, and when I look at the comedians I lost to, um, uh, I'm not upset by that. They are, mu- they are very, very funny comedians who have a lot more experience than I do, but to still come fourth behind those three. Yeah, like, happy days. Yeah, good people to lose to. Yeah. You, know? you don't want to lose. There's nothing worse than losing to a, a fucking chump. Something yeah. You know doesn't yeah. deserve the win. Yeah, no. You, know, you, you, can, be, you can still take pride in, in exactly. losing to some absolute yes. stellar performers. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's um, a win. That is a win. It's <laughs> yeah. like a, the better man did win tonight. Yeah, I'm um, suddenly bumping shoulders with these guys. Exactly. You know, it's a win. It's a yeah. win, win, win. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that felt in, incredibly good. That was... And that was the first time I wore the onesie on stage. Right. So that's like your staple thing, the onesie? It will be from now on. All right, good. Uh, it Sweet. feels like Batman putting on his costume. I just yeah. feel invincible in it. That's exactly what drag is. Yeah. So like your onesie is your drag. Nice. Yeah. I should wear it more often. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. That's I'm like going to need a, I'm gonna need a few changes of them, I feel like, um, because fuck is the one I've got wearing thin. Everyone wants to pull the tail. Everyone wants to touch it. Yeah. Um, water resistant, it's quite nice. I don't mind if it gets wet because it dries so easily. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, it, it. Is it going, is it doing some yards for me? You know? Yeah. But it is so warm on a night out. What, in the onesie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It would be. I mean, uh, like, drag in winter is my favorite. Yeah. Because. Although it looks like I'm not wearing many clothes, I've got like six layers of tights on. I've got like cushion on my ass and my thighs, make, giving me like a lady figure and stuff like that. I've got like a wig, which is very warm underneath. So like in winter, drag is great. But in summer on like those like 30 degree nights and like oh. you're working all night and you've yeah. got six layers of tights on, like... Less than, not less fun than. I take all of it off and then like my tucking panty is like soaking wet it's just oh. not the vibe <laughs> not the vibe and this is why I when I saw you for the first time and I've seen a few drag shows now I thought to myself 
these are some of the hardest working performers like I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, these people are more worthy of an Oscar than a lot of people who win Oscars. Yeah. You know, because acting to me is kind of like, I don't want to discredit actors because there are obviously many good actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is kind of like the cheapest form of entertainment. It is the cheapest art form. Yeah. Because they act, they take direction, they read a script. Yeah. The director knows the image, the screenwriter knows the script. Yeah. The creator knows the story. There, there were so many levels of creation before it got to an actor. Yeah. And that's why I have a lot of respect for, you know, I, I saw, I see drag performances and it's like, it's like, they have to be so charismatic too. Yeah. It's like on and off stage. Yeah. Like the perform, the, like the persona doesn't seem to drop until they're home mm-hmm. and the makeup's up. Yeah. And what, and what you see as well, it's all 100% us from the ground up sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Even like a lot of us, like, you know, they'll make their own costume or they'll like, you know, rhinestone it and things like that. And, the, and it, it will take hours and days and just to like, yeah, it's yeah. A great jacket. There. Yeah. Was, great yeah. Jacket. One of my jackets there. I, I, actually, um, these two wonderful queers made that for me. Kaleidoscope Creations. Thank you so much for my jacket. Mm. I like, did a gig for um, like a, a store that they work at and they're like, oh, we made this for you. And I was like, oh my God, no thank way. you. So it was so sweet, so sweet. I can't wait till I'm building up that fandom. Yes, uh, yeah, and then you'll start, like, getting custom onesies. I'll get people, like, uh, yeah, getting custom onesies and, like, the fake moustache. Yeah, like, all your fans yeah. start, like, wearing moustaches. Yeah. Yeah. Or people will get my logo for the podcast tattooed on. The logo's coming soon. Yeah, the logo's podcast. coming. All right. The logo's coming so soon. I just don't want to rush the... I've got a tattoo artist to do it. Oh sweet! I, okay. I wanted, I wanted something. I don't. I didn't. I wanted an outrageous, stupid logo. Yeah. You know, because yeah. um, the one thing I think comedians feel about their art uh, is that it's not an art form that should be taken too seriously. You know, it's yeah. we're making trying to make people laugh. Yeah. Can't do anything else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like you got to be serious about the comedy. Like comedy isn't like a serious thing, but you got to be serious about it, hundred percent. Oh, you have to. You yeah. like you have to go on stage wanting to make people laugh. Yeah. Um, and that's something to take seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Now the question is like, what what do you owe the audience? How much should you pander them? I don't like pandering to the audience. I, hate I like pandering to, to an yeah, audience. I like what to you think, see is what you get. Exactly. Yeah. I like to think of. I like to treat my audience as a little bit thicker skinned and as a touch more intelligent than what maybe uh, other people like to presume. Right. And yeah, obviously, yeah. not all members of the audience are like that. You do get some people who poop the party for the rest. But I remember the the show I what the the show I did last Saturday. I remember feeling like um, I lost some of the audience, uh-huh. like um, maybe about ten percent of the audience. And the three people who beat me, they they had the audience in fairness to them. But I remember thinking like I may have lost ten percent of the audience, but twenty the rest of the audience loved me. Yeah, like. 50 to 60% of the rest of the audience, let's say 70%, let's say 70% as a round number really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like they were hardly in love with it, but they liked it. They were definitely laughing and enjoying my show. But then there was about 20% there that I had in stitches. Like they thought I was the funniest guy on stage yeah. last night. Just from their reaction, I could tell by the laughter. And that like felt 
fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the equivalent to that of you? Is it like getting? Is it getting looks from men that go, Jesus, this 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 coin is really making me question my sexuality? <laughs> I mean, I I I yeah, I I love that. Yeah. I love I I love it when guys come up to me after a show and they're just like, you are just fucking sex on legs, mm. like. You know, and I'm just like, oh, thank you. Because I don't mind what reaction I get out of an audience mm. as long as they're reacting, as long as they're, as long as it's a, re- a reaction that I want sort of thing that I, you know, as long as they're not calling me a fucking, you know, faggot or this, that and the other, or blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. As long as it's a reaction, I'm what every reaction is welcome to the table sort of thing. Mm. But, um... I don't know what, what what was the question you asked me. <laughs> well, like the you pretty much answered it. You yeah, know? it's like so long as you're getting that reaction. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Well, drag and is supposed to be outrageous, you know. Of course. And it's just, it's the type of thing where it's like, you know, drag. I think in terms of the entertainment, we are the we're the niche of the niche sort of oh, thing. Oh yeah. Like being a performance artist in any form is very niche, and mm. then like putting drag on top of that that's like yeah. niche of the niche sort of thing so i'm just very grateful people are coming to see me <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I can see that yeah i can see that yeah um what got you into drag like what uh what what, what was the start and what was the start like i hear a lot of people i, I hear from certain drag queens i've, I've talked to and researched for this yeah they've said um it's like it's it's like uh, an apprenticeship, almost. Yeah, you, <laughs> you got to earn have, your stripes. You have, yeah, you got to earn your stripes, and um, a lot of them have like a drag mum who yep. they like who guides them and gives them some things like yep. that. Yeah, and uh, I spoke to actually Sassy Cassie. The the yes. episode I want to do with Adam Zippel. Um, I'm also gonna have Adam. Um, Sassy Cassie on. Yeah, fabulous. I should do a drag series of yeah. like ten episodes. You should you biggest should. drag queens and in those two, those two are really good friends. They have great rapport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, they they seem like it. Um, Sassy Cassie was very lovely, and Adam Zippel was great on the night. Yeah, anyone who can uh, be nice to me while I'm babbling and incoherently while <laughs> losing concept of the dimensions of my body. Okay. I don't know if you've ever done psychedelics before. I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, sometimes you just like, I don't, I feel very small or I feel very large. Sometimes for me, like when I'm in a crowded place like Connections yeah. and like no one makes me feel uncomfortable in Connections. The crowd mm-hmm. is usually, the, the people in Connections usually the nicest crowd. Yeah, it's the best club in the city, I think. Yeah. Like, the, in terms everyone's of Everyone's nice. Everyone's there for a good time. Yeah. Um, I went... When, when I went in there, they, uh, like, being around that many people while you're tripping balls hard, it feels a little bit like, for me, like a bull in a china shop. Yeah. You know, you're okay. just kind of like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I should have started with half a tap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. No, it's funny, though, because, like, when I first started as a drag queen and, like, what we would do is you would get dressed up and then you'd go out to the club and you would take so many drugs and then you'd be the last person to leave until like the venue manager is like pretty much grabbing you by the wrist being like, get the fuck out of here at seven o'clock in the morning. Why are you still here? (laughs) And that is how we did it. And then we'd come back to our houses and we'd drink more until midday and we'd pass the fuck out. And then the next day would be the worst day of our lives. And then we'd do it all again. Nice. You know, and that's, that's how we do it. And, 
there's been such a shift with drag culture now because things like drag race is now in Australia and there's Australian seasons happening. So everyone's really taking themselves very seriously. Like a lot of the up and comers and the baby queens, as we call them these days, they don't, um, they just take themselves too seriously and they don't let their hair down and they don't um, allow themselves to kind of be silly because a lot of the time in those moments when I was an up and comer and I was being a little rat bag at the clubs, that's, those are the times where I would develop, uh, creative concepts for an outfit or for a performance or for anything like that. And it opens your mind a bit to be uh, non-judgmental of where your brain can go creatively. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of the up-and-comers these days are missing that flair because they think that drag needs to be a certain cookie-cutter sort of way of being, whereas it's like, no, babe, take drugs and party and 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 learn that way <laughs> that's what we did <laughs> well, the other thing too is it, it's funny you say that i'm getting kicked out of the the court you know it it, it feels like with I, I don't know what it's the cause of but i feel like in terms of drug culture and nightlife i feel like um Nightclubs. Obviously, they don't want dealers on nightclubs. That I can respect. Yes. Um, I can totally respect. But I feel like uh, you're never going to get rid of drugs. Ever. No, no, no. So, I feel like, honestly, the, the, the best thing venue owners could do is create venues and create an environment um, where it is safe for people to do drugs. Yeah. They're not going to get judged for doing drugs. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think... There's, that comes with a lot of difficulties for the nightclubs. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's that's a it's a very loaded resolution. Exactly. <laughs> like, to be honest with you, when when you go on a night out, eighty percent of people are on something. Yeah, I agree with that. Whether it be something as mild as Dexies or an edible, yeah. or something like someone like me who likes something a little bit stronger. Yeah. Um, and really, of that eighty percent, maybe five percent of those people get out of hand and yeah. can't behave themselves. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I, I truly feel like the number of people that do drugs to the number of people that shouldn't do drugs because they can't behave themselves or control themselves while on it is miles apart different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do. It's yeah. always like a small percentage that ruins it for everyone. Exactly. It's always the case. Exactly. And um, <laughs> the other thing too is I feel like, well... You would much rather do drugs in a safe bar or a safe club, yeah, uh, than do it out on the street where if someone sees you have drugs, they can beat the shit out of you, yeah, and fucking take it from you, yeah, you know. But um, hopefully they legalize some laws surrounding edibles and some psychedelic stimulants soon. I feel like it's going to happen within the next twenty years. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, hopefully, probably five years for uh, cannabis related. Yeah, I, I, I see that, totally, mm. yeah. Got you excited for it, I bet that. Yeah, <laughs> I, love, I love a nice little bit, little smoke. Nice. A little smoky smoke. Nice. Before bed, mm. helps oh. me sleep. I, um, I can't, I haven't done a whole lot of cannabis-related stuff. I did it, uh, someone came on a podcast and they gave me an edible, though. Oh. My God. First time? First time on this edible. How'd you, you know go? That, do you know that feeling you do get when you're driving, where you're driving along and... 
you go blank and then somehow you're a few more k's down the road and you're like oh shit oh, fuck, i wasn't paying attention to the road there yeah at all. you know you that's fucking them. scary what yeah. the fuck yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that while making food in my kitchen like i was like, <laughs> oh, I'm making, I was, like making me green and then like it's like how the fuck did i get with the peanut butter in my <laughs> uh, so, I don't remember this part. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was very strange. But do do you think uh, nightclubs or anything like that have any? Uh, do you think they could be any to be doing anything themselves that isn't too uh, costly on them to be promoting a safe drug environment? Um, I think, uh, oh, that is a very interesting question. I think there's still a lot of stigma to drugs that a lot of venues, well, that I think venues don't want to take responsibility for, you know, if, if they're kind of being like, you know, this is a safe place for drugs. It's like, there's still that stigma where it's like, they don't want to put themselves in that position. Maybe. I don't know. I I do see that. I do see that. So I I think it's going to be. Uh, oh, that's such an interesting question. Um, yeah, I don't know, because I, I don't think I'm qualified to answer no. it. <laughs> as, someone, oh, as someone involved so much in nightlife, yeah. you have probably been around people who are on drugs who are very well behaved, and you yeah. probably couldn't believe how well they were behaved yeah. while they were on something. Yeah. And then you've probably seen other people who are not so well behaved. Yeah. Like, as big working in connections I had saw someone get dragged out of there the other night yeah, so it's like, good fun yeah <laughs> um, but it's it's you, yeah you would you would see the best and worst of it I've seen it all I've yeah. seen it all exactly. at connections you know? yeah and um, you know what would be great for the regular Joe episode what a couple of bounces <gasps> that would be awesome. Mm. That would because our head bouncer at Connections, Godfrey, he is an angel. He's got like the face tattoos yeah, and he yeah, looks yeah, really scary nice and he's yeah, got like yeah. his gold bling and everything. He's always nice to me. But he's he's got that such that like hectic look about him. Yeah. But he is the biggest teddy bear. Yeah. I love him. He's always nice to me. I, I feel like he is I feel like he's nice to anyone who's yeah. nice and respectful to him. He's so gentle. If you give him attitude, he will probably oh, he'll, make it a bad He'll eat you alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you're nice to him, and that's the one thing, like, I, um, you know, my mum raised me with a certain amount of manners, and now, since I work in hospitality to the side <laughs> of uh, um, comedy, yeah. uh, I hate giving people a bad attitude and if you're nice to them it always pays off yeah I remember I took my ex on a date uh, yeah well, girlfriend at the time on a date to somewhere in Fremantle and we ordered some dessert to share and the dessert was taking a while it was taking an hour and I just called the waiter up and I was like listen I don't want to cause an, a, a, I don't I'm not complaining or yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. but like, we, we just waited a little while for our dessert is it like is it far off and uh they were so nice about it. They gave us because we were nice about it. They gave us the dessert for free. Yeah, you know, customer service. Being nice to customer service actually fucking pays off. It's a bare minimum for yeah. me. It's a bare minimum. And then like manners cost nothing, but they get no. you everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Like, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. you know a bare minimum. If you're not a good cunt, then oh yeah, you don't deserve anything good. You can't. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> precisely. You know, and yeah, there's nothing worse than uh, over familiar customers. People yeah. who are just a a little bit too comfortable in their conversation with you. Yeah. You know? I don't know you that well, man. Don't make those jokes with me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, maybe if you knew me a bit better, you could say that, but like, yeah. 
No, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that all the time as a yeah. drag queen. Like, I'll just get people coming up to me and saying whatever they fuck they want about yeah. whoever they want. And sometimes it will be a friend of mine or something. Like, I've had like someone come up to me, and I'm literally working, like just doing my thing, and they'll be like, "Oh, you're so and so's friend. I fucked him last week," and blah blah, and, and then going into detail about my friend's like how my friend has sex and stuff, and it's like. Dude, like, I don't even know you. Like, why are you talking to me about this? Like, I'm at work mm. and you're actually being really fucking gross right now. And do you think I'm not going to tell my friend that you're going around telling, talking shit, talking shit about how he fucks? Like, yeah, just yeah. like, shut the fuck up and be cool. You yeah. know, like, it's not hard to just be like, lol. Yeah. You know, just be cool. Like people, I don't know. That's just like one example. But yeah, people just come up and they say whatever the fuck they want to you sometimes. Mm. And... Yeah, it pisses me off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can appreciate it. Worked in a bar. Sometimes you you get you you get people who don't appreciate just a little bit of kind of respect. Yeah, just be, know, just be a good kind. Like, you know, I have this one prick in uh, the bar called Steve. He's a regular. He's a total alcoholic, and he's in there every day. So he's probably going to be dead soon. So I won't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, but uh, like, whenever he wants another round. Whenever he's just at a certain piss, he starts whistling and waving his finger. Oh, that's and it's not like, good. Man, I'm right here. Yeah. And it's like I'm just gonna pretend not to know what you want. Another round for everyone. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is everyone drinking? You know what they're drinking? I'm like, no, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna know until you tell me. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Some people are just like, fuck that gardener. Yeah. What the fuck's with the gardener? Yeah. Dog. You know what's really funny to threaten people with? What? Something. I'm working on a joke about this actually, which is like, um, I really like a night out, uh, which is a problem. For, uh, no, sorry, I'm not a very confrontational person. This yeah. is a problem for me because I like a night out. Yeah. And, you know, when someone gives you that standard look in Northbridge and they're just like, I'll knock you out, come. You just got to look at them wild eyed and say, I'll suck your dick, come. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, you, and then it's like, you know, they've got two options then. They could walk away or drop their dags. Yeah. If they drop their dags, they're priming themselves to get that cock bitten off. And you, <laughs> tell, you tell me who's won that fight, all right? I may have had a cock in my mouth, but that man has no cock at all. Right? <laughs> Victory. Victory. Fatality. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but back to one last thing about drag, a, a really great question. I'm so happy with myself that I lost that piece of paper, but uh, I remembered all the questions, and this was the last one, and I yeah. felt like it was a very good one. Um, all drag queens seem to have a character and a persona yes. that comes with their name. Yeah. You know? Um, what is the inspiration? What is the development? What is the character of Donna the Kebab? Or Donna Kebab? Um, my goodness. Well, I'm a total, like, sex kitten. Like, I love wearing very minimal clothing or tight clothing. I love beautiful blonde hair. Like, I, in terms of my inspirations, I love, like, like my Pamela Andersons and my Anna Nicole Smiths and my Elizabeth Hurleys. Mm. Just, like, 
beautiful, beautiful women. Um, like Rose McGowan, uh, she was in Charmed. I don't know if you watched Charmed or anything like that. I think I recall it. Yeah. 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 Have you seen like Planet Terror, where she's got like the machine gun leg? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. and she's just like got her tits out, and she's mm. stunning, and she's got a machine gun leg. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just love all the all that sort of stuff. Just and ridiculous female like, types. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love just kind of channeling all that into like a drag persona sort of thing, and just be like. You know, instead of being one woman, I can be every woman sort of right. thing and yeah. that sort of stuff. But yeah, I guess um, in terms of inspiration, yeah, that's where it all is. But um, I mean, I love, I don't know. Oh, it's so crazy. What was the question? I've lost my train of thought. You, you, you are answering these questions beautifully. Oh, am I? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I mean... I don't know. But then I also like the old school. I like the old school, um, like Rocky Horror and and things like that. And like the campery, like like just the camp elements of like Priscilla and uh, things like that. I think that's so crucial and it's still so valid. And it's something that uh, it's losing its place in the drag scene, I think. Mm -hmm. I think everyone's so committed to being a gorgeous supermodel like has to be head to toe perfection with a human hair wig and makeup has to be stunning where it's like uh, you can't forget about the roots and where drag started and what drag was sort of thing and I always kind of consider that when I'm getting ready and stuff and it's something I always have in my mind when I'm a drag queen because at the end of the day we'd we wouldn't be around if it wasn't for that generation and style and style of drag yeah um, so that's a huge, huge, huge inspo for me. Massive, like things like uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a one, one of my favorite yeah, yeah. movie of all time. It's about a. I'll have it on my watch list. Oh, you have to watch it. it. You have to. It's about like a transsexual pop, like punk rock star who fled fucking Berlin and went to America during like the fucking war and stuff, and oh. she's like a fucking. Sex Clown, fucking amazing. Perform- I love it. You have to watch it. It's one of I my favorites. I loved the uh, Rocky Horror Show. Yeah, Rocky it, Horror, it amazing. The most entertaining films of all time. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. Um, the musical numbers are timeless. Yeah. Like, and Tim Curry is just one of the most charismatic individuals you'll ever see on screen. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Just, and, he uh, comes alive. I know. He's I got know. that sparkle in his eyes he and does. stuff. He does. Yeah. And... Like you see him, I've watched some of his interviews and things like that. Yeah, he is just a naturally funny and charismatic person. Yeah, because you see so many famous people, um, like on screen, and I think oh, they're so talented, and charismatic. Then you see them in interviews; they're really dry, boring human beings. Yeah, they can't do anything without a script. Yeah, you know. So to see like uh, Tim Curry go up there still be fun charismatic and to be honest with you for that role that you know extremely out there role i think that thing that uh, movie was made in 1979 75 75 i think yeah right so even better because it's like that was a time when i feel like you know obviously this is after the civil rights movement but it's still fairly fresh doing that movie then would have been Getting that movie made would have been extremely difficult. Yeah, if I mean, if it flopped. Yeah. When it first came out, it wasn't popular. People were like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. And then it wasn't until like a few years later. Yeah. Like during the punk, problems. like during the punk movement yeah. and stuff like that, people were like, "Hang on, what the fuck is this?" And like, it, it developed like a cult following. And yeah. yeah, it's only like yeah, like when it first came out, it was a bit too much for the regular Joe sort yeah. of thing. Well, I, I think 
Which is amazing. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's testament to, you know, the fact that initially it flopped because of the ideas at the time, but then it, it developed into this cult status yeah. uh, film. I think that is testament to... Um, uh, I, I've often had this theory, which is like, if you're going to start a project, um, if you can make money from the project, great. Yeah. But if you've got no passion for it, don't do it because it's like... Passion shines through in a project. Absolutely. You know, I, I feel Absolutely. Very on that. Yeah. And if you can make money off of it, great. I love money. Yeah. Uh, Money's wants, good. Exactly. <laughs> if anyone wants to donate, the podcast is on Patreon. Um, <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Plug, plug. Yes. yes. Um, and the more you donate, the more I can do interviews like this. Yeah, uh, that's because right. Because they are so much fun meeting bizarre, outlandish characters like Dr. Bowie. Yeah. Good. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it was it was a fantastic um, movie for its time, and yeah. I feel like you could not, you know, the, the character that Tim Curry played was so outlandish and so extravagant. I feel like you actually would have needed a, a charismatic. Uh, personality to pull it off. Oh, 100%. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Not A lot of people wouldn't have even touched that role back in those days, no. sort of thing. There would be like, oh, this career destroying or, exactly. you know, anything like that. I think Tim Curry was more of a theatre actor before Rocky Horror, so I think he kind of took that as his break to get into film. I'm not yeah. too sure. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what a great film. Great movie. Timeless. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think. The fact that it flopped when it first came out is a testament to its own genius. Oh, yeah. I think if the world isn't ready for it yet, one day it will be sort of thing. And then suddenly the world was ready for it. And it just, even now, like, even at, like, Lunar Cinema in Leaderville, they do, like, screenings of it, like, interactive showings of Rocky Horror sometimes. And one of the, um, a couple of the Perth girls are touring a Rocky Horror show to, like, regional cities. In, nice. the, in the coming weeks and stuff like that so yeah. it's a testament like to its genius and yeah, yeah. yeah in terms of my inspiration it's you've always got to call back to the roots of drag i think because it's it's that is the purest essence of it i mm. think you know so you like to you like to uh even though you like to move forward with modern things and modern techniques you always like to keep the uh the classic uh, image of what drag was in mind whenever whenever doing it yeah absolutely like i i still am like you know i'll pad my ass i'll cinch my waist i'll wear big tits i'll have gorgeous hair and like very uh what we call i guess um like girly makeup like i don't have the most over the top makeup sort of thing but the attitude i pair with that is very old school. Right. So I, I still look like a very modern drag queen mm-hmm. and very, you know, to date and current. But if you pair that with an attitude where, you know, you're trying to be like the next fucking supermodel or whatever, yeah. it just doesn't land as well. I think drag queens tend to come off a bit pretentious when they've got a- that attitude. Whereas if they pay homage to the roots and the outrageousness and the campery of where drag originated from i think um there's an immediate likability to that attitude Mm. and when you look beautiful you know you're already winning like you're already like oh she looks nice or and then you start chatting to her it's like oh she's actually pretty funny or she's actually quite she's got a bit of spark to her 
it's like a double whammy, like boom, boom sort mm. of thing. Like I've got both. Nice. Yeah. And I think that's very important for a drag queen to have. You must have banter. You must be able to bounce off someone and that sort of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you yeah. uh, as well, this, um, this first time. So like, because uh, we're about to go into promos and closing the episode, but I feel like a great question to ask you. You've been involved with the drag scene for how many years? Ah, uh, so this is my eighth year. Right, so Yeah, fair. it's been a while. And now, now you're like, you know, you're obviously still very young and things yeah. like that, but is there any up-and-coming drag king or queen or both yeah. that uh, you are looking at and you're thinking they are such a promising performer. Would you like to give them a shout out? Rhonda Civic. Rhonda Civic. Rhonda Civic. Okay. She, I think she definitely, like I said, like she has that very old school attitude, very like ochre, swears like a sailor. Mm-hmm. And all she wants to do is to have a really good fucking good time and make yeah. sure everyone else is having a good time. But then, you know, she's an up and comer and like more recently, like her makeup and her hair and her outfits have all just started to really fall into place. Right. So I think she's very, very exciting. She's definitely one to keep an eye on. Rhonda Civic. Rhonda Civic, like the car. She can, what's her catchphrase? She's like, like the car, I can fit four people inside me or something very like that. Very nice. Yeah, something very like nice. that. What an image. Yeah, um, good girl. She's a good girl. <laughs> yeah. And any any drag kings? You drag know? kings. Uh, I love Jackson Coke. Jackson Coke. Jackson Coke. Okay. He is such a fucking like powerhouse performer. Yeah. He can dance, 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 and like, yeah, just just so promising. Mm. And um, the audience eat him up. Mm. eat him up I love Jackson and his attitude is amazing he's got a great attitude like he's not here to bitch and moan and carry on and nothing really phases him he just kind of gets the job done and that is something that's so quintessential when it comes to drag if you don't have a can-do attitude what can you do exactly you know yeah. yeah. Do you have any shows you're coming up that you would like to perform that people would love to see the Donnick about? This uh, episode will be released on Tuesday next week. Yeah. So, when would you like to... Uh, Ooh, okay, so Tuesday next week. All right, so then every Friday until the se- until September 9, that fucking gardener, fuck that me. That fucking gardener. What a dog can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, um... Every Friday till September 9, you can catch Animal Instinct at the court, uh, produced by Cougar Morrison, that, and it has a rotating guest performer each week, but it's got myself, Faye Rocious, Cougar Morrison, and Veronica Jean Jones, who are some of the most quintessential drag performers in this city. Um, and we're kind of going through, like, the food chain in the animal kingdom. You know, we start off as, like, insects, and then we go into birds, and then we go into, like, you know sharks and lions and we all do like performances based off those animals which is pretty fun at the court every friday till september 9th and then for the month of october i'm producing the halloween show at the court oh wow and we're doing scream scream yeah so it's gonna we're doing a little bit of multimedia so we've got like my beautiful friend scurvy who does like video work she's going to be filming us getting murdered by like Ghostface, the killer from Scream, and they're going to be like little intervals, like during the show, sort of thing. And um, yeah, and each week there's going to be a different killer under the mask. So at the end of the night, we have to find out who's trying to kill us and all that. So yeah, Amazing. pretty good fun yeah. stuff. It's my first time producing a club show, 
So it's pretty nerve-wracking, but well, yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Oh, I hope to you. catch it. Um, I work Friday nights, but it's not a late-night bar I work at. So maybe I'll hopefully catch yeah. it. The, the show will be at 11.30 every Friday of October. 11.30. 11 11.30. 11.30. Guys, thank you. Um, go thank Donna Kebab on her socials. She was an amazing guest. She honoured me so much by doing this episode. She's raising awareness for local performers throughout Perth, and this is what the podcast is for, raising awareness and raising support and promoting uh, grassroots performers and no. things like that. That's what it's about. Exactly. Yeah. Grassroots creators, performers of all sorts. Um, if you want to support the podcast, go follow the socials at Alex Flay, Alex, and that's Flay spelled F-L-E-A-Y, or Alex Fleay. I'm thinking of just pronouncing it like that. Fleay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got a little ring to it. it Alex Fleay. Fleay. Yeah, yeah. Fleayson. Yeah. Alexandra Fleayson. Maybe that could be Ooh, my dream. Oh, Fleayson's. Fleayson's. There we go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, go support it. The, the second Instagram channel for professional degenerates will be coming soon. Uh, I love that exactly. name. So I go love follow, that name. Go follow Alex Fleay the socials because once that second Instagram Instagram goes up, uh, that private Instagram will be closed to the public. Uh, it will only be the professional degenerates. It will be in the coming of the next month to six weeks. Ooh, uh, rebrand exactly. And uh, you can find me on Facebook at Alex. F-L-E-A-Y again and we'll also be opening the TikTok channel soon this fucking garden is just fucking with us now I isn't know it? fuck this dude yeah the um, TikTok channel tell us about your TikTok channel yeah so the TikTok channel will be coming soon I have many projects coming up with Sizzle Real Studios uh, the boys blokes down there Jack, Blake and George uh the, we've got upcoming projects which I'm very excited to release also the 18th of September show um, at the Bar Orient in Fremantle on Sunday next Bar to Orient. University we've got two great MCs lined up for you Shash and Chris Petulio and we're organising the rest of the lineup, and it's looking like a very very good lineup of open micers we're putting together a great show for you so if you want to come out and support uh Grassroots comedy, open micers, people trying out the freshest, newest jokes on the comedy scene. That is where they start, at the open mic. So if you want to come and see that raw, raw form of comedy, come out 18th of September. September, Sunday night, 6pm at the bar Orient in Fremantle. I might come. I usually have Sunday nights off. I hope you do. I'll see you you there. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Donna Kebab. Everyone give her an applause. Uh, Thank you all. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Alex. It's been amazing. A pleasure as always. And fuck that gardener. Fuck that gardener. (laughs) Profeshi Anal Degenerates signing.